Welcome back, lads, to Inside Guru. We should be sounding crystal clear this week. Um, we've fucked around with our sort of technical audio, whatever you want to call it, and we've between Zooms and Google Hangouts and phones and laptops, I think we've figured out the the optimum way of recording this podcast. I'm going to bring in my co-host, Cozy. What's the crack, Cozy, boy? Not much, lad. And I was just thinking, you know, it's actually one of your strengths that you can't really handle if things aren't in good quality. You don't like if the <laughs> picture's not good, if the audio's not right. I'd be a little yep. freer with that stuff. Um, but if you can do it, I think it's great to do it. Um, so hopefully this yeah. sounds a lot better. Yeah, sure. We did it with the the videos as well. We just we just tried different things we tried my camera tried your camera my microphone your microphone and we ended up with a pretty solid picture so it's just trial and error yeah um but it's not a it's not a feckin technical podcast cozy we're here to talk about business um so we just go over what happened this week yeah so three videos uh pumped out (laughs) since we did the last podcast the first we'll just say what all three of them were then we'll get into each one so the first one was the best crisp to have with a pint uh, the second one was again it's black and tan and the third one was a milk stout so we'll go into each one so the first one the best crisp to have now this caused a bit of controversy because you picked O'Donnell's as the best crisp to have and I back it 100% quality crisp quality crisp and that, do you know what I think so I did a poll on Twitter and I think there was about 150 votes or something like that and Tato came out on top with I think maybe 24% and O'Donnell's was second with 22%. Yeah. Uh, now I It's think- as if the feckin' Twitter universe and Instagram universe are literally like Mars and Jupiter because everyone all over Instagram was all about the Manhattan not a mention of Tato. Everyone agreed that Tato is not is oh, is average, and in Twitter the poll says Tato's number one. I think it's just a name. Well, I uh, see. I obviously I think Twitter ha- probably has an older audience, so they're yeah. probably a little more traditional. And I'd say, well, I know Donald is a big brand, but I'd say maybe a lot of those people who are saying Tato probably have never even tasted O'Donnell <coughs> because they're just kind of stuck in their in their Tato. Very good base, point. You know? Very good point. And I think, you know, the whole King Tato debate, I thought was kind of dead. I thought Tato were ahead, but I put the video on Facebook. I don't know if you've even seen it, but two people said, uh, you're dead to me if you don't have King ahead of Tato. So there obviously are still some, um, some people there who love their, well, it's their just, King Crisps. It's, it's just great content at the end of the day, because as Irish people we're just so passionate about crisps for some reason yeah. because we produce so many of them and um, yeah that's all, all we aim to do at the end of the day is just not create a controversy Jesus Christ because we're not talking about that and mad but just uh, get people talking create a bit of a debate get the comments flowing and it's it's me giving my opinion and that's that's never going to be um, everyone else's same opinion so it's 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 good crack when people start kind of saying oh you're fucking you haven't a clue this that and the other we want that you know it's yeah exactly. i wouldn't even call that abuse that's just a bit of crack that's that's still technically feedback so yeah i thought that was a that video went down well and when we get back 
to the pubs I think we'll have to do a more pub snack one because you said this is the one to do have with a pint at home in a quarantine but yeah. you know there's bacon fries <laughs> peanuts uh, crisps obviously so maybe they could be the three to choose between now a lot of people love the old bacon fries that's a lot of people seem to be even yeah, I, can, I can't see it really them not winning something like that but yeah, this is again with the videos it's like best crisps to have with a with a pint and I put the picture of the king Tato and O'Donnell's and then straight away about 10 messages where the fuck's Manhattan where's cows and it's like when you're putting that word best in you gotta be ready for for passionate lads to come through and say like so I went to the shop I got the Manhattan after all the ups and downs it was like a roller coaster and I tried it and it was good yeah but for me yeah O'Donnell's took it one thing for you lad have you ever tasted Tato Bistro crisps I'm sure I have uh, from probably from my garage or something but they're quite um, nice they're hand, hand I don't know if this is BS now but they're hand cut <laughs> or whatever hand cooked um, but but again they're like your hashtag hand cut or hand cooked I think hand cooked you're yeah. telling me someone gets a spot and cuts them with a knife uh, no I don't think bollocks. cut sorry cooked uh, okay I don't know it's a handmade it's some, something to do with the hand uh, they've, 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 they've got me with their marketing all... speak they, they, they've bought yeah, me they really over. have they've gotten you <laughs> but anyway so the next one we did was the Guinness Black and Tan which interestingly I don't know if you saw it but the Guinness US Twitter handle Happened. I, I don't know if it's a coincidence or what, but they rats. <laughs> but they did no coincidence. They did. Uh, they were calling it a half and half, and they were like, you know, oh, pick any beer. Obviously, they couldn't name any other beer. Um, and how far? How long after we posted it? Did they post it? I'd say or was a matter, it after a matter of days? Because or not even a matter. I'd say probably, matter of hours. I'd say probably a day or two. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, they were just giving tips, and they used the spoon trick, even though that's kind of known anyway. But do you know what I mean? They, I think it was pretty much a carbon copy. Of, Listen, Cozy, Cozy, Cozy. What do we say about flattery or copying people? Flattery is the greatest for no imitation is the greatest form of flattery. <laughs> butchered. There we go. So yeah. we're doing we're doing bits, and I'm definitely going to say it was an imitation, even if they've never heard of us. Exactly. Yeah. So, but in general, that video was. I think like the we're never gonna get the same reaction f- as we did from the Blue Wicked. Um, even if we did it with Smirnoff and stuff, I think that would mix better. But when something is like the first of its not the first of its kind, but when you see something, you see the Guinness Guru doing this thing, mixing drinks, you're like, holy shit! Then if you do it again with something else, it's still like, oh, that's cool. But it's not that you don't get that shock factor. Agreed. So it's not like we're trying to get the same response from the first videos it's literally just a case of seeing are any of these actually nice and it's not even bullshit like you know if you're there during i've had a couple of lads send me uh videos and saying it's not that bad and if you're there on a on a roasting hot day in ireland 25 degrees but you still love your guinness and you're not one of those like lads who's kind of up his own hole about it about don't interfere with the guinness if you're willing to try stuff you know you throw a bit of beer in it or whatever and it's it lightens it up and it's nice so that's what i'm i'm trying to find out like is there actually ways of making it that bit lighter and nicer absolutely it's not yeah. just a case of fucking load of random shit into guinness and being like <laughs> what loser? yeah and the other you know man I mean? who who tried it but we don't mind because he's 
He's our friend, is Mr. All Things Guinness. I don't know if you saw, he did a, he did it with Hop House. He did half a Hop yeah. House and half Guinness. And I think his opinion was that it just makes both worse. And it doesn't improve, the Guinness doesn't improve the Hop House. So. But see, he's like an absolute purist. Yeah, yeah. If it's not, literally, that's his, his name is All Things Guinness. If it's not purely Guinness, I don't think he's going to advocate it. But that's, that's his thing that's cool he's a good guy am I also saying that an IPA is probably better because an IPA has a stronger kind of flavour to it and I know Hop House is more hoppy than beer but maybe the IPA could be better through as a mix I don't know I'm not gonna even try like pretend I know the answer to that question so <laughs> I don't know <laughs> right. try them all Anyway, so the, the the next video, or the last one, was a Guinness Milk Stout, which was an interesting yeah. one for me um, because of the start. I mean, I think we're generally skeptical of these stouts that come in a bottle, and particularly the ones with kind of coffee and chocolate. Now, someone commented that all stouts that come yeah, in a bottle have coffee and chocolate in them. Which pair I, of cowboys. cowboys right. <laughs> He's not wrong. We are a pair He's of cowboys. Wrong, right. Hands up. I would admit that. But um yeah, it was weird because at the start I was like, oh my god, that's that's not good at all. But then it sort of grew on me, but like I said, it's not like it was still amazing. Uh, it was just not as bad as it was at the start. So um what Yeah, think? I think we got most of our there's not a whole lot more to say about that video, do you know what I mean? Like, we got most of our opinions out in the video. Um, uh, yeah, a couple of comments saying... actually got a couple of comments saying, entertaining video, and then your man saying, that is something I've learned, that all stouts have a chocolate and coffee base because of the roast or something, but I've never heard Guinness, um, which is obviously the king of stouts, be... I've never heard the words chocolate and coffee thrown yeah. around maybe coffee like because it's as in you, you kind of say oh it's like coffee you have to get used to it and it's that sort of bitter taste but chocolate no I could be totally wrong again we're not experts but like um, in terms of yeah I've he's saying you should know this it's like yeah but Guinness don't talk about chocolate and coffee so why would we know that isn't it interesting that such a big brand like Guinness and they have all these other brands like for an extra uh, uh, whatever the other West Indies milk stout but you never hear them they never do any marketing I mean obviously they know their key product is Guinness and they don't want to mess Very with good that point. it's interesting that point. you never really t hear about like the Guinness range or anything you know I think I'm just going to take a wild guess at this that like for the foreign extra for example that's big in different places in the world yeah and that would be advertised in different places in the world whereas here all they want to hammer home is lovely creamy pints and now obviously the cans but um yeah i'd say if you went to another country that you'd see ads for the other ones but, but yeah i don't know it's it's interesting it'd be good one to ask if we ever get our hands on a on, on a guinness employee asking the crack with that yeah Right, lads, so that, there's the videos for the week. Uh, and our key topic for episode three is we're going to get to know the guru. So we're going to mm -hmm. chat to you for the next 20 minutes or so to get to know you. 
We're going to chat to you as if you have a whole team. We're going to chat, exactly, yeah. <laughs> We're both going to chat to you. I'm going to chat to you um, <laughs> just to get to know you a little bit more because it's not something we've ever done uh, on the video, obviously. Um, yeah. So let's start it off, lad. I mean, talk to me about school. Were you, were you into school? Were you disinterested in school? or? What was yeah, now just say before we start, like, me and Cozy didn't grow up as best mates or anything, so a lot of the yeah. stuff he's asking me here, he won't actually really know the answers to, so it's actually interesting. Um, but yeah, school, what are we talking, primary school, primary school was fine, like just normal kid, grand, secondary school, pretty solid, um, no, grades, do you say grades? No, that's American, isn't it? Pretty solid, like, what else do you test say? results, yeah. whatever, yeah. <laughs> just was, was a pretty good like good at school or whatever until uh, TY TY just completely got lazy and then fifth and sixth year it wasn't as if I was like not like oh hard man around just very disinterested in the subject matter from like across the board I was I was still relatively nice kid I wasn't a prick to the teachers or anything but just very disinterested Um, got 290 points in me leaving sir absolute monster score for any anyone under like 20 I think the leaving cert has changed now since sounds are all saying that but yeah shite leaving cert uh, went and studied did you did you have a target in your mind did you want to study something or did you not really kind of hear that no um, I just remember I always talk about looking through the CAO and just going through every single course and just going no 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 there wasn't one <laughs> single course that jumped out at me that had any like obviously the ones with like sports in their name and stuff but like I was told like say sports management was just kind of if you wanted to go and run a gym or something do you know what I mean and I had no interest in any of that stuff when I was younger so I picked um, I think top of my list was probably just business or something at DCU it was like 420 or something which I knew there was no chance I was getting <laughs> I got a course called hospitality management in okay. DIT <laughs> which I just heard the word management. I was like, Grant, I think it must have been probably 290 points on the dot. I only went to college because I got a rugby scholarship with DIT, which just basically meant you got like 1500 or two grand at the end of the year. So that's that's what I, I did. Not like I wanted to do an apprenticeship around, but I had no particular interest in college, but I just went for the scholarship. Um, I rock up on the, so yeah, hospitality management. I don't think I really knew what hospitality meant, Rock up on the first day, sitting in the lecture hall, in the class, whatever, and the yearhead, oh, I don't know any of these terms, but the <laughs> guy running the course comes in and he goes, um, all right, lads, so you will need your your knives and uh, your chef uniform and your waiter uniform. And I was like, am I in the right class here? Like, this is like a management course. Like, what the fuck's he talking about? I must be, I must be hearing things. And he's like, the knives are 300 quid and the two uniforms are 500. And I was like, what are you on about? And then I literally remember putting my hand up being like, um, no, I just said something about like, what, what can you elaborate on the whole knives thing? He's like, yeah, well, you guys are going to be cooking and you're going to be um, cooking. So you need knives on a chef uniform and you're going to be part of your course is to, is to serve food. And then slowly in my mind, I started to realize what the word hospitality meant. It was basically a hotel management course. 
and I was freaked. I was like, oh my God, how, I have no interest in working in a hotel. And year went by, I went to, I genuinely went in about 10 times and I failed every exam, but I got my 1500 quid at the end of it. So it was great. And then I dropped out. But I would have thought hospitality management, I would have, I would have known because it's like managing hotels, but I didn't know you'd have to learn how to cook and stuff and do all that. Full shebang. Cooking. Now, the cooking bit was actually a bit of crack. Right. But like, you had to put on the full chef uniform, you had to buy these knives for 300 quid with your name on them. That's and it was like, there was a cooking class every Friday or something. The only good thing I ever got from college was I learned how to make steak. Right. Because the, the chef guy, he was proper old school, like hard old Dublin bastard, and he took no shit. And he did actually show us how to make a really good steak the like three times I went. So, um, and what did you do yeah. for the rest of the time when you weren't in college? Well, see, um, at that time I was actually, and none of our followers will know this, I was playing with like Leinster rugby yeah. underage. So that was consuming a lot of my time. Um, it was a type of thing where you'd have to be in Donnybrook for, say, two o'clock but you'd have lectures the rest of the day or say you'd have to be in Black Rock and my poor mother used to have to bring me down to Black Rock at 6am in the morning wow. down the M50 and you'd be in there say 7am to 9am doing gym and then I'd just get the bus into town and go home I just had no interest in getting the bus and then going into lectures or anything because I just yeah. knew it was never going to I was never going to stay the course pun intended and, and talking on sport then so how did you you grew up playing I suppose a bit of Gaelic football a bit of hurling a bit of rugby how did the rugby come aboard because Sean didn't play rugby did he your brother no my brother Sean never played rugby um, so yeah literally since three or four years old played football soon after that played hurling um, then around 14 my good friend Sean Kent eventually he was trying to convince me for about Three, two, three years to play rugby just because I was a big lad. Yeah, I had no interest in it. I didn't know the rules. I didn't watch Ireland games, Leinster games. Um, ended up going playing, and I remember I went to train on a Thursday. And rugby is not just like football or whatever. Where it's kind of the rules are generally straightforward, where you just show up and kick the ball around. Rugby is so complicated. Oh, it's complicated, yeah. And physical. And I showed up to train. I think I was fifteen. Showed up to train and on a Thursday. Played a match on the Saturday literally with zero idea of the rules Kento had to give me a book it was this book and it, it was literally like a rugby rule book of all the laws and stuff and I studied it for like two months still didn't learn half of them to this day I still I still get confused with rugby even though I played it for the guts of 10 years yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah and then just because I was I always like I'm not even being humble but it was just because I was a big huge bastard and I, I ended up making like a northeast Northeast Leinster squad when I was like 17 and then they get you in the gym and then sure by the time I was 18 I was 6 foot 7 I was the height I am now so that was yeah. really rare so they kind of I suppose would have taken me in and, and tried to tried to turn me into this great player because it was you could grab grab any lad who was say 6 foot but to get a guy who was 6 foot 7 and, and half decent at say catching and passing and stuff like that so they, they tried to mould me but say um, and then yeah played Leinster under 18 under 19 and then how, you how did you get, get the call from Leinster you just they, they just rang you up or how does that work well you, you just get to, like when you're say 16 there's five 
there's like northeast, southeast, or whatever, all these little bits of Leinster, like regional teams. Yeah. And your coach puts you forward for trials for that. You make that team. And then from, from those, like, say, maybe, I don't know, 150 players, there's like a, f- a 50 lads selected for the Leinster summer squad. So, say, between fifth and sixth year, trained in Terenure twice a week. And then at the end of the year, at, in about July, uh, August, they select probably 25 lads. And then you play three interpro games. Right. Which is against obviously the other, the other provinces. But I was actually, it's funny. It was Eric Miller. Do you remember him, Colsey? I do. He even played with Dublin after you retired. He, played with Dublin. Rugby, he yeah. was the coach. No way. Um, this is funny. Even I haven't talked about this in years. But when I was say under eighteen, Leinster, he was the coach, and I was cut from the summer squad. Okay. So say when they were cutting it from whatever forty to thirty, we'll say, uh, I was cut, and I wasn't expecting it. I was pretty surprised. Um, and then about a month later, they went across and played a friendly against Leeds or something. And then a month later, just before the Interpros, he I get a call from Eric Miller and he says, basically, Dara, because uh, he explained explain when he cut, he was like, Dara, the reason we cut you was we're, look, we're actually going to go with smaller, faster guys. But then their lineout just went to shit and he basically needed the big lanky fucker back. Okay. So I went back. I started, I was the only player to play 80 minutes in every provincial game which was pretty sick and then but then yeah like like any player injuries set in and I broke my wrist and I hurt my knee and stuff and then under 19s was just a bit of a shit show for me I wasn't the most confident player anyway because I still was relatively new to rugby I'd only started when I was 15 it was only when I got back to Ashburn around 22 I started playing my best rugby Um, but yeah then around under 20s you either get a an academy spot or whatever or you don't which is literally like two guys from the whole team will get that each year oh, okay and they just basically said you're not we're not going to give you an academy spot and and i won't lie to you i was i was kind of grand with it i was it was just weird i was a different person back then like i was quite shy and i i i, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much as the other lads like i found it hard in when i got to know a big group of lads to to mix in and stuff and I would have been very quiet like any any lad who who would have played with me back then if they if they saw like the Guinness Guru videos they'd be like what the fuck really because yeah I was I don't know I just I was around with my mates but I just struggled to make conversation with new people it was just yeah. weird um, and well I think we'll think probably back. get on to that because I think we shared a similar experience of how traveling and going abroad sort of brings that side out of you and kind yeah, of brings you out of your show. Definitely. But that's what I always say. That's the, the best thing I ever did was went traveling to New Zealand for a year and I came back a different person. Um, but just but before, yeah, so we, before we get on to that, would you have liked to have been a professional rugby player? Was it something um, that you thought, like, <clears throat> oh, I want this is what I want to do with my life? I guess when you're in it, you're just thinking and, and I wasn't like super smart or anything so it wasn't as if oh no I want to be a doctor instead when you're in it you just you're on the journey you just kind of think yeah hopefully this turns into that but on the other hand like I said when I was told we're not going to make you an academy player or whatever I just I do remember it was nearly like a weight off my shoulders because gotcha. it was it was just so intense you were training like four or five days a week and it was like you could see which lads were doing well and other lads not doing well and because all all Leinster want because they're such an incredible organisation all they want is to just get the best talent 
and bring it up through the ranks and yeah. if if you're not doing that for them they're gonna like they're not gonna want you which is I wasn't doing that for them I was never they were just trying so hard to for me to be this player and I just at that age I just couldn't be what they wanted gotcha. I just wasn't hardy enough I wasn't skillful enough but they they were they, they were unreal like I have to say they were, it was taught, I learned so much and all the lads were saying but yeah just wasn't meant to be but I don't have an ounce of regret like looking back going oh, I wish I was a professional rugby player that's good I don't think I would have made it anyway I probably would have been one of those guys who when all the when all the good players go and play for Ireland then I get a game <laughs> and tell me uh, was there any players that you trained with or played with that are now pro or famous or the biggest one good? would be Josh van der Fleer. Oh yeah. He's playing he's pretty much secured that seven position um with Ireland. Yeah. He and he he again like when I when we were under 18 or whatever I don't think it's kind of complicated but there's an under 18 club team and under 18 school team. Okay. Schools is all the you know your Black Rocks your Gonzagas clubs is all your just kind of country boys basically like I would have been put as and I don't think Josh van der Fleer even made the under 18 schools team then he, he played his Leinster schools senior cup or whatever dominated right. and then he was brought in and I remember thinking this is he is by far the best player I've ever seen really um, just an animal th- just an animal and such a nice guy as well there was plenty other lads as well like um, I don't think any would would have would be on that there'd be lads who if you were a big Leinster fan you'd know but yeah. Josh would be, would be the biggest one okay so then you went to DIT you got your year scholarship out of it you didn't go to any of the classes then you dropped out after that year is that right that's correct and you went travelling then or did you go working for a while no I went I don't know if you even know this cosy where I worked I don't. I don't think so. Uh, oh, uh, in Abercrombie the, and Fitch. The, oh, uh, oh, yeah. You did tell me that. I was going to say the living room or, or whatever. But okay, go well, on. tell me about Abercrombie and Fitch. I got the summer job in in a place called BMC, which is just like a factory in Ashburn. And then instead of going back to college, I got a job in Abercrombie and Fitch, which is ah uh, uh, just so funny. But I wasn't one of those lads. You get like, the top off, no? Fucking. That's what everyone always says. No, I definitely didn't have my tits out. Um, I was act- I wasn't even like on the floor really. I was more so like in the back. It was such a fucked up system. They basically there was kind of like three tiers. Hold on, um, the absolute ripped freak animals were like the guys with the tops off. Then there was like the next tier, which was just like the really decent looking blokes, I guess. Right. They would just stand in the shop with the flip flops and just be like, "How he is?" And then there was like the third tier which was me which was still like good looking people because yeah. you wouldn't get hired there if, if you were a bit of a like rotten looking bastard but <laughs> we were more so in the back like fucking folding clothes and shit like it was just so funny but we were on the floor as well but like the dynamic was so weird it was all the lads on the floor were all like high-fiving each other and bloody talking about like protein and that mate and then the rest of us everyone in the back was pretty much just normal yeah <laughs> but yeah Abercrombie and then I got a job in Jack and Jones in Ashburn and then I was working these were all like a year at a time and then last job before I went travelling was um, oh, just like one of the lads from the rugby club sorted me out with it it was great I had a, a van and everything and I 
yeah, it was just driving around basically like uh, merchandise and all that. It just it's kind of too boring to explain, but it was grand. And then I went traveling. Yeah, and you were just you, you weren't really looking for a career at that stage. You were just kind of looking for a few jobs or whatever. No, like I've I've always had this weird thing in my mind that like eventually I was going to do something very different. Yeah, and I was always okay with that. Like this being Exhibit A. But at that time, no, I was, I was just literally just looking for money for to get pissed on the weekend. And then you decided to go traveling. Did you go traveling on your own or with a couple of lads? No, by myself. Like that's impressive for you were what about twenty three or four something. Twenty two. Twenty two, and like you said, you were probably a little bit shy. What notion did you take to go on your own? It wasn't. It wasn't like I just was going by myself and there was just no connections or anything. I had a guy... The reason I was going was supposed to be to play rugby. Yeah. Uh, there was a Kiwi guy called Pablo. He um, he played with Ashburn. I got very good friends with him. Then he moved home and he was like, Oh, I might you fancy coming over. Our coach is looking for a second row. So you'd go over, they'd give you a room in a house, probably give you a car and, and you'd get a job. Like, not paid around, but just cool little life Set up, yeah. and I said grand I'll head over a month before I was due to go over I dislocated my shoulder and then it was either get an operation wait like 8 months and go or just I had to take a bot just fucking go for it with the bag in your back because with a dislocated shoulder you can function fine but it, unless you get an operation you can't play rugby yeah so I just said but I knew he was over there so it was grand like so yeah I went over landed in Auckland with a bag on my back and a suitcase in my hand pissing rain thinking what the fuck am I doing and I remember for like I just walked around literally freaked you, do you know Cozy you cannot be further away than Ireland when you're in New Zealand oh really yeah <clears throat> if you split the globe in half I think it's Christchurch and Dublin would literally be on either ends of the globe wow. it is the furthest place you can go unless you go to fucking space so that was racing through my mind, and then funny enough, I got, I got, um, I collapsed like on the second day in Auckland. I was just strolling through the street and I collapsed. Oh shit! And I, I, I didn't like collapse. I, I went to sit down to lie down in a park and I just kind of dazed off, like pretty, like fainted or whatever. And then I woke up and I, I dragged myself into a taxi. I went to a hospital. It turned out I had severe dehydration and I was in hospital for like two days no way <laughs> and imagine me telling my mad at from gas. the flight or what I don't know what it was I was just fucking bollocks like it took me like three days to get there yeah like yeah. 72 hours I don't know it was ridiculous amounts of travel but um, but yeah and then but then yeah a few days in Auckland went straight to Tauranga which is the place I was gonna go anyway so they they were okay with you taking the house and setting up no 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 No? none of that happened I went to the same place because that's just just because that's where my mate lived oh okay gotcha and I got a place in a hostel and it turned out to be like the best three four months of my life was working on a fucking was working in a a wood a sawmill and then was working uh, in a kiwi fruit factory stacking boxes and then like you'd get home from work and you'd just go surfing well try to surf and then you just get pissed and you do it all again working Ah. six days a week so that's on the southern island on the on the east coast is it 
No, that's that's only about that's North Island, only about okay. three hours from Auckland. Okay, gotcha. On, on the east or west side? On the the east. East. Okay, very good. And and you just made friends with random people who were yeah in the that's town. that's where the because you know you go to hostels and you're just thinking ah oh, look at all these fucking gimps like that big travel heads like losers long hair and stuff and you really as as gimpish as it sounds you really just learn to like not judge a book by its cover because some of the best mates i i got one one of the best friend i gained is a guy called yoss an english fella and when I first met him I was like this chap oh, typical English gimp just wanker thinks he's great and he thought about me that I was just some weird shy Irish bastard and then two weeks later we were best mates Like yeah. so yeah I suppose I learned that I learned that like I would have never initiated a conversation with, with people before I don't know what it was I just had this block where I'd meet someone new and I'd, I'd have to wait if, once they asked me something grand big conversation but I just have this block against like just making conversations I don't know what it is and now I'm, it's probably my best strength now which is just gas I think it's an Irish thing I think it's you know once you get chatting to someone it's grand but it's very difficult for Irish people and yeah. it's something I learned as well on, on travels just to talk to if a random person is there maybe even sitting and reading a book you say like oh, I wouldn't want to be disturbed if I was there reading very a true, book very true yeah so I'm not going to disturb him that sort of way you know um, so yeah yeah so t- and then after then I know we're going on quite a bit here on time but after there did you stay in New Zealand long? New Zealand yeah down to Christchurch uh, New Zealand was total of like 11 months and then travelled Asia a bit and then got a job in a, a hostel an Irish hostel pub in Vietnam in Hoi An in Vietnam a place called Paddy's and I stayed there for like two months and just drank Bulmers on tap uh, which I'm ashamed to say for about 10 pints a day for two months I came home in the worst shape of my life drinking yeah. Bulmers for two months I literally just didn't want to I didn't want to come home our, our Asian travels were finished I went with one your man Yoss the English fella yeah. and we met an Irish lad in Vietnam like the first night and the three of us were going around that finished up literally after New Year's and I just couldn't face coming home to Ireland in, on like the 3rd of January yeah. and uh, we had pl- stayed in a place in Vietnam and this guy had like said here you're Irish if you want to get a job for a couple of months come back and I did that and I came home in March or whatever and started this kind of I suppose four year journey of trying to find my my true passion and whatever you want to call it yeah and when you came home then you, you kind of tried a couple of different <coughs> things you tried you, tr- you did a personal training course is that right came home with the idea of <clears throat> I was going to become a personal trainer on my own gym uh, I did all that it was grand I didn't own my own gym I did the course it was good I was I've been working a job as a painter decorator since I got home so like right. Jesus three four years and I did the course in the evenings I got a job then in a gym in Ashburn and I was still working as a painter and I was doing both literally working in working 9 to 5 8 to 5 and then going working 6 to 10 in the gym I did that for like 6 months it was absolutely fucking insane and working every second full weekend in the gym so I think I had one day off a month Uh, but I loved it I just loved being in in fucking balls deep in just I hate the word grind but just like when you know it's for 
a good purpose and then after a while I was like no I don't want to own my own gym so what's then there's no point in working in the gym like I and I do I want to get to the top of it do you know what I mean yeah so oh. then well yeah go on I was going to say <coughs> what did, did anything frustrate you about the personal trainer life working with people no nothing frustrated me it was just it wasn't that exciting I just thought I like going to the gym I like staying in shape so I would like this now I love doing the classes they were great crack like spinning and stuff like right. pumping the tunes screaming at people good crack but then you're working in the gym you have to like you have to look after the swimming pool and the acid levels and all this and I was just like nah mate I'm good um, and then like personal training I barely I literally tried it with a couple of people and I always just say for me like personal training is just standing there counting to 10 for an hour I know because it's just like yeah one more and and some people are really good at that kind of one on one chatty chatty it's not me I don't want to just chat shy for no reason like so gave that up uh, between then and now as well I tried a couple of uh, events yeah DC promotions a couple of charity events and then I <clears throat> excuse me and what then was I the motivation s- there just to just to try <clears throat> something different is it yeah just like trying to make a career of something that I really enjoyed and I thought okay events are cool I like organising stuff did a couple of charity events did one on Stephen's Day did one on uh, Paddy's Day did a thing called Blind Date they were all pretty good and then I did my own event um, which wasn't for charity and didn't get near near as many um, people show up and, and I probably could have tried again but I was just like the stress of it man the insurance fucking trying to like sell tickets and doing it all yourself and then actually setting up the event I was like this is this is crazy stress. I'll literally be dead in ten years if I if I did this career. Yeah. And then so you would have and, and some people might know this as well, you've kind of tried different <laughs> stuff on the content side and you're actually people won't see this now, but you're wearing a buckle up t shirt. So that's something you oh, yeah. you tried um to kind of yeah. do that on the Irish scene where you're you're driving around with some Irish artists. So where where did that idea come from? Well, just copying James Corden. Yeah. And I, I called it Buckle Up, and I got a few, like, um, yeah, Irish art, a couple of rappers, this, that, and the other. Did about six or seven episodes of it. It was great, but again, it just took, it took way too, it was way too much work to put it up on YouTube and get, like, 200 views. I wanted to do something that was a bit more banging out the content, and that's, this will have to be for another day, Cozy, because we're definitely too much yeah. time now. But basically the reason... It was literally like meant to be. I put a story on Instagram and I said, Heavy lads, I'm not gonna be doing buckle up anymore. I love doing it, but it's it's too much work. It literally would take me oh my god, like I won't even go into how much work I had to film it, record it, get the artist, uh edit it, editing it editing it took me probably twenty hours and then I'd put it up and get like two hundred views and I just put it up on Instagram and said, Look lads, this I just wanna do something that's a bit more consistent that I can give more content and then cozy messaged me the next day with the idea for Guinness Guru and the rest is history yeah and you would have had to learn the <laughs> we'll get into that story by the way true actually yeah podcast, but you'd have to learn all, like I was watching JLOL there and his lyrics are fast and you would have had to go through that them song alone that. took me I only learned half the verse that song took me about 10 days of of like 3 hours a day doing That's the same wow. song over and over 3 hours a day wow. absolutely insane if you're listening lads go check it out Buckle Up is on my channel called Big Deezy Man and you'll see the fucking work that was put in to get I think we can put a link views. on the uh, 
on the show notes actually so if you're interested in that see that ah, sure. with J L O L. yeah um, and the other thing is yeah. that just to, just to finish it off um, any other particular interests like is anything about you that the audience might know or is there obviously your interest is kind of creating content and stuff like that is there anything else you're big into music uh, big into music I tried to play the guitar but I'm shy at it um, yeah like in terms of passion and stuff it would have been five years ago it would have been just basically sport but as I I'm not playing sports anymore because I'm just in too much injuries and stuff as I get a little bit older my passion like yeah I love talking about music stuff like that I just love the idea of creating content that's just like just lads sitting in a room or lads on a football pitch just like saying to each other I bet you can't do that and, and just really simple stuff Um that's kind of where I would like to take this whole guru thing is just like if we could get a couple of lads together and you know I don't know but yeah is there anything else people wouldn't know I suppose yeah I'm, I'd be into the I try to stay in shape with the fitness stuff um, but yeah I think most of it is is pretty much I, I would I would uh, people would know most of the stuff but yeah I'm trying to think is there anything you can think that I should be saying not really to be honest yeah yeah um i think you're just kind of one of these lads that is you know you don't want to be restricted and that you have kind of a want to do new things and to try new things and you have i think a kind of very good attitude to life you know that you don't want to be just stuck in an office doing something that you don't enjoy uh, you want to do something cool and you know I think yeah and i always have to stress like I I would never say anything bad against people who work in offices and stuff because they're the people who did well in school yeah. and got the jobs they were aiming for. I don't have that option now. So my only option is to do something a bit mad and use my personality to make a career. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I suppose the only other thing to know, yeah, like I've always just said, just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and that's what I've been doing and I think Guru has is something that's finally stuck I've been doing it for nine months now and I, I haven't when I did that else for nine months I knew no this isn't it move on to the next thing there's no next thing now it's it's Guru or bust and one thing lads will learn going forward especially when they listen to this podcast and I'm not like I'm not sounding cocky around saying this but I when I get an idea in my head that I want something to succeed I will just not stop I will live and breed I will live and breed Guru until it's where I want it to be and it'll probably never be where I want it to be so even Cozy's probably going to get the brunt of it most of the times <laughs> but like yeah I'm just, when it, it's all jokes it's all and, and the crack but when it comes to putting in the work and building this brand like I will literally die for it do you know what I mean well, I think that's a good note to leave it on lad yeah yeah <laughs> alright so but, uh, anyone who's listening um, we actually we it's something we have to learn Dara but subscribe anyway is what we're saying to people on the podcast and a lot of people say if you like it and share it and comment on it it goes up the podcast charts to be honest we're not super <laughs> you know trying to get this podcast out there to thousands and thousands of listeners it's kind of um almost for ourselves as much as anyone but having said that 
subscribe and like and do all that stuff so um so we can get it out there yeah bosh nail in the head cozy and all that right. was a bit of a mad L mad L crack talking about myself but yeah and we'll do cozy's one uh either next or we'll do it eventually anyway so get to know the cozy fella as well but yeah lads that's been inside guru episode three thanks for listening and we'll be back soon keep her lit see you lads